the hell are you doing? Not the first person to <laughs> ask me that. Um, more specifically, though. You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, so- thing. <laughs> oh, that'll be really out of context there, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to a special episode of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm in San Bernardino, California, sitting inside a slightly sketchy-ass hangar, um, which hey, I guess is... Don't say that. The airport security guy's right here. Don't okay. make him feel bad. Well, you know, I'm sure he likes it. Okay. Um, hanging out with Brett Snyder, Cranky Flyer, and we are at the launch party for Northern Pacific Airways. Is, and... is this like potential Dots, Lines, and Destinations? Because they don't actually fly or... They don't yet, but they've got a plane. We're about Not to on see a it. certificate. That's true. But yes, they have a plane. Um, I hope it's pretty. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be pretty. It's a 757. How could it not be pretty? It's a good point. You can't make a 75 ugly. Um, so that's exciting. But both of us independently have spoken with uh, Rob McKinney, who's the CEO, uh, a couple times, I think. And the, the sort of many million dollar question is is this really going to happen? Is it going to happen? Probably. How long will it happen for? Eh, I don't know that I... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree, right? They've got, they've got enough... They, they would seem to have enough money and enough of the process in place that they can get started. Yeah, I mean, they have a certificate. It's the Raven certificate. They just have to get the 7.5 on it. But, you know, if they were trying to really do this from scratch, then I'd be a lot more concerned about being able to get going. But the way it is, I mean, they've got the plane... Just got to get it up and running. Yeah, I think they'll be able to get going. Yeah, and so, I mean, target is end of this year, Q4. Q3 was the stretch goal. We'll see. Um, we'll see what Japan and South Korea say about that. Yes, part of the problem at challenge there is both either Japan or Korea has to actually open up and start allowing visitors. Right. Um, Harbin, China. Yeah, that was... Uh, is another destination potential. It's a little curveball there. I'm not so sure. I, I was shocked that he said China was in the mix. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a great idea these days. I mean, did it even seem like a great idea two or three years ago when they started this conversation before COVID? Well, yes, because he told me Harbin was going to give him money. Okay, no, that's fair. If you paid me, I would show up too. <laughs> I mean, that's they're like, I think it's like 17 cities had service to the U.S. back in the day, and maybe like three of them could justify it. Fair. Um, okay, so if the money shows up, they'll go. Um, also mentioned Osaka and... Nagoya. Nagoya. Both of which have had United's flights from San Francisco, I feel like, at some point. Uh, or, it doesn't do so hot. No. no. But, you know, but why not connect all those people through uh, Anchorage instead of San Francisco, where they'll have options to connect to three places instead of 200? I mean, I was told there are six cities on the list. Five okay. cities. Five cities. Uh, so, yeah, I mean... You know, I mean, on the U.S. side. Yeah. Okay. But oh, yeah. He, but he said he he said he wanted to keep it balanced. So he might have, he told me he might have to shed some of the U.S. markets depending on the number of airplanes and to keep the operation balanced. Well, why do you care if it's balanced? Because in my mind, you're going to need a lot more people from the U.S. side to fill up these flights going to Asia. Like you need. I, I know operationally it may not make sense. I, I think it's because you need. If no, if no one, and let's assume no one takes these flights just to go to Anchorage. Yes. Everybody always connects through. Right. Even if it's U.S. originating, you need the same number of seats leaving Anchorage as you need arriving into Anchorage. Otherwise, not everybody can go. Okay, but that so if that truly or maybe is three to two, like four to three, you can lose. You can shed a few seats, and the flights to Anchorage are more full. Right, which I think is possible during the summer. Right, I think you can count on local traffic. Okay, 
because you can fill almost anything to Alaska in the summer. Sort of like the northeast of Florida, oh, that year round. That's uh, yeah, for whenever. But yeah, that's a different story. But outside of the summer, who's going to Anchorage? And not ice fishermen. Right. Ice road truckers? They're not even going to Anchorage. They need to go way beyond that, man. Well, They're he, flying Alaska. He, he's on the got dash He can run you elsewhere. Oh, that's true. He can connect you up on Raven. Good point. Good point. So that's actually going to be part of the tour package is you'll buy a Alaska stopover kit that includes the Dash 8 flight plus hotel and activities at the destination all in one purchase. Aha! See what I did there? I did see what you did there. Okay. Uh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, Brent. <laughs> get you another bourbon because this is going to get way better. Well, I'm already working on this one, sir. Um, yeah, I mean, so they're going to fly. There's, are they going to ever? I mean, one of the other interesting conversations we had with him, I think, both separately, is he's got plans for post 757 life. Yeah, because these aren't going to last forever, uh, or that long. But well, I don't know. The 75s go for a while, but. Yeah, I mean, you've got Airbus, right? The XLR would be great for this, but you can't get those for a long time. Sure. But then he threw out the curveball. He's like, well, you know, maybe we'll do wide bodies. Like, oh, God. Well, belly cargo, though. Yeah, belly no, he, did, he did mention belly cargo, yeah. Belly cargo is big these days. You know, fun fact, there is no other cargo that goes through Anchorage, I've found. So, yeah, it's a great idea. Okay. Oh, wait, maybe that's not true. That's a fair point. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the unfortunate <laughs> part of that is it you know, somewhat proves that Anchorage is a, is a great connecting point for cargo. It is. But... Uh, would you be, you know, either you become a cargo operator and do that, or you become a passenger operator, I feel like. It's, I don't know, I mean... That's his, a different model. Right, historically, one could argue 50% of, or 40 to 50% of cargo flew belly cargo anyways, and so maybe you, right, you pick up some of that breakage from the true cargo carriers, but is there enough of that? I mean... I don't think so. I mean, Anchorage is a good cargo hub, so you're not going to that many places... I mean, if you're going to bring in something, say, from Japan, don't don't you need to be able to get to a lot more places to be viable to compete with all the other guys that are doing cargo that can get it anywhere at any time? But, I mean, yes. Counterpoint to that is for the folks that are actually connecting containers in Anchorage, how many, I mean, I guess UPS and FedEx have big operations, but like Cafe Cargo doesn't have dozens of U.S. destinations. They've got more than five. Well, but. yeah. I, look, I don't know enough about cargo. I'm talking out of my ass yeah. right now. All right. Me too. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Dots, Lines, and Destinations. This is yeah, how we right. yeah. um, All right. So the seats look nice, at least. The seats look fine. I mean, it looks like a, a decent coach seat and a decent premium economy seat. Which is what they're going to sell it. Well, he's going to sell it as domestic first, but internationally. And it's right. going to be a separate, like, extra leg room premium economy. Yeah, but, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's not a slim line. That was actually an interesting comment. One of the uh, designers, the, one of the guys from the design company who desi- who put together the, the covers and the, the fancy stitching and stuff like that. It's like, oh, yes, this evokes the images of the uh, mountains and the oh, glaciers. Come on. And in looking at it, I'm like, eh, it kind of does look like that. Now I get it. But I never would have come up with that on my own. Also, I don't care because I don't stare at that thing on the flight. I sit down and look the it's, other way. Yes, it is against your back the entire time. Yeah, which is not entirely helpful. The um, other problem with that is if you are talking about local traffic in the U.S., right, I mean, eventually the ULCCs are going to get up to Alaska during the summer. Yeah. And they're going to have... done a couple of... That's not a ULCC, not a ULCC sir. But, <laughs> but in terms of the, can we just get market Can we get market share on the, you can sell anything into Anchorage right. in the summer, they've tried. But, you know, you put a 321 on Spirit of Frontier with, what, 30... More seats. 40 more seats? Yeah. I think this is, what, 180? 
The seven fives? I didn't get the uh, local number. I mean, it doesn't get you to Asia, but if you're hoping to get any of that local traffic, uh, I don't know how you're going to win on fair. Yeah. Um, so going back to the designer guys, one of the comments he made was like, yeah, you know, it's the Zodiac 5351 or something, whatever. He's like, it's a nice seat. It's not like the new ones. It's still got some like padding to it. Yeah. So they, they're acknowledging that basically keeping the old uh, non-slimline seats, they actually think for a long haul is going to be a competitive advantage. Well, I think you need that if you're really, I mean, not in the local Anchorage market. But sure. You're talking about back-to-back six to eight hour flights. Yes. You try sitting on one of those like slimline. Go go sit on one of those uh, seats, the acro seats that uh, like Frontier Hawaiian has. Like those, you couldn't do that for that long. No, I gotta wonder. I mean, the uh, diversion risk for additional DVT cases, deep vein thrombosis cases, yeah. has to be much higher at that point. That's okay. They won't have to divert because there's not a ton of places between Anchorage and there. Well, but so the interesting thing is, there's enough places between Anchorage and Tokyo or Seoul that they don't need ETOPS. Is that right? Yeah, I asked about that. He said they don't need ETOPS. They can get away with just over water. So Boeing ran the numbers for them, and there's enough diversion points along the way that Woof. they can make it work. I mean, okay in theory, but also that's a little rough. If you, I mean, these are not exactly friendly places you're diverting to. <laughs> sure. No, I mean, you might end up in no risk for six, eight weeks. Yeah, but. yeah. Your plane may never come back. Just, oh, yes, I like your jet. Yes. It's very nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Borat's there? And, I didn't know. <laughs> I don't do accents. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, you bring us gift. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's, it would be interesting. Uh, I mean, with limited exceptions, those diversions t- typically do eventually end vaguely okay. But No, I, I know. But, it, but you know, you're making a good point. Not, like, how do you get stuck there? I'm not like, really giving them shit. I mean, I give them, look, if you can do that without ETOPS, that's great. That's that's helpful. It's one less thing you have to worry about. It's one less thing they would definitely not get this year. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, I mean, they might need to actually be operating first, so. There's that. Uh, he did say that they're going to maintain the engines to ETOPS standards, though, so if they need to pivot to that later, they can do so. Okay, well, you either need it or you don't. So what? what, what is that? A, I don't, very, a very confused answer. Yeah, that, that's confusing to me. Because um, it's not like they have many options for destinations in Asia. No. It's it's maybe Korea with right. ox tanks for part of the year if you really care about making without weight seats. And then it's most of Japan. And that's kind of... Oh, sorry, Harbin. And Harbin, China. And Harbin. But, I mean, that's kind of it. That's what you're Correct. working with. So... Yeah. yeah, until you get your twin aisles, and then you can go much further. Oh, God, that's, that's wide bodies. <laughs> that generally works out really well. Just ask, uh, who are those guys? Uh, wow, 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 yeah. wow, wow, what a great idea that would be. Yeah, I feel like that's a great plan. Um, anyway, all right, so we're both pretty skeptical on this. You going to try to fly them anyways if they, when they go? Oh, man, I don't know. Maybe I'll just fly them to Anchorage and then come back. Yeah. I've been <laughs> wanting to go to Japan or to... Or, uh, so if I can get them to fly to Portsmouth, speaking of like marginal, yeah, second tier, mar- second tier cities just outside of a major urban area. If that happens, then they're screwed. If they can do that for their Boston service, I could make that work. I bet. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not thinking that's going to work too well. But, but I, look, I don't know. I mean, I live here in Southern California. I have many, many choices. Well, in normal times, right, to go to Japan. Yes. Nonstop. Yes. And if I wanted to fly coach, I could do it for cheap most of the year. And if you wanted to go to Nagoya, you would get on the train and be there. I don't want to go to Nagoya. Also that, but... Osaka, though, for sure. Uh, But, I mean, it's different. And that's the problem is that they're talking about, okay, L.A., San Francisco. If you're really going into more of these secondary markets where there's any demand... I mean, I always think of Phoenix, because Phoenix still doesn't have an Asia flight. If you can go, if someone needs to go Phoenix-Osaka with a single stop, congratulations, because otherwise you're probably double connecting in most cases. But how many people want to go Phoenix-Osaka? It's not. And at various points in time, 
United has run those flights. So Osaka. Well, yeah. I mean, JAL does fly it at LA, but even then, it, it struggles. It's like I think it's yeah. a seven eight eight, which they have what like two seats on their seven eight eight. It's still super. <laughs> I got to assume that there's a corporate contract somewhere that keeps that alive. Yeah. So. No, maybe so. Maybe so. But all the more reason to believe that no one else is going to want to, or no one else, even if they want to, is going to be able to make money trying. Yeah. So. Anyway, all right. Any parting shot? <laughs> parting shot. Whiskey. Well, I do have whiskey. Yeah. No, I uh, just want to see a pretty airplane tonight. That's well, exciting. But I think, I think we're getting close to that time. Yeah, I know. I thought I heard someone talking. Let's do it. Let's All see right. it. Catch you next time.